Yes, sir. Can y'all hear me? We've got you. You got us? Jay Swain. Swain obviously still trying to uh, work through his technical difficulties. Technology not being uh, our friend this morning, that is for sure. In the meantime, let's get to uh, Middle Tennessee Rick on the Iris Network's hotline. Middle Tennessee Rick, how are you? Doing great, Ben. Doing great. Uh, Just want to let you know, you and Swain, were really great when we got to meet y'all. It was uh, one of the highlights of the weekend. Obviously, the biggest highlight was the way the Tennessee won. Uh, again, I was a little nervous in the second half. We, we've been <laughs> how we've been the last ten years or so, but the guys played great. I thought uh, overall. I know we we didn't have the same type of play calling or execution in the second half, but overall, it was a great weekend. And and you and Swain were. Really gracious, and let my son and I meet y'all and talk to you for a few minutes. Absolutely, I'm good. I'm good. All right, we got we got Swain now. Okay. I don't know. Well, I thought we had Swain. I guess I guess not. But it was it was awesome to meet you. You joked with me, uh, and and your son as well that uh, your son was 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 bad luck, and turned out he was he was good luck on, yeah. on, on Saturday. Maybe not in the second half. Maybe it's bad luck reared its ugly head in the second half. Yeah, that's a possibility because that was the first game he's attended that they actually won. He's good luck now. Yeah. Hey, Jason. Yeah, 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 man. Sorry about, sorry about that. That was that was really, really weird. Uh, uh, there, okay. I was just, we, uh, just telling Ben how much I appreciated getting to meet you guys, my son as well. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. That was that was that was awesome, man. That was awesome. I appreciate you uh, coming up and you know making that making that that walk over that way. Because I mean, listen, there's that stadium is huge. There's a ton of entrances, and you know I didn't know if your interest was close or not. But for you to come out of your way to to come say, hey, man, we really really appreciate it. that means a lot. Yeah, you know the strangest thing I recognized your daughter before I recognized you. <laughs> yeah, she she was wearing that one jersey and. Uh, yeah. We kind we kind we kind of favor each other a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate her taking her picture too. I know she was probably typically not enthused at that age to do so, but I appreciate her doing it. Oh yeah, she loved doing stuff like that. Man, she was giving yeah. her all for Tennessee for sure this weekend. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody was. <laughs> yeah, man. Last night, yeah, you know, yeah. helping was, helping hold the baby. I was telling Ben that's one of the, probably one of the best experiences I've had in Knoxville at a game uh, in a long time. Maybe ever, but uh, the people I didn't know around me giving me high fives because we were just playing lights out again in the first quarter, just like the previous week. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was really fun, man. That's the way games supposed to be. It's supposed to be that way where you're high fiving strangers, you don't know them. You're hugging strangers, you, you don't know them. It's supposed to be that way. It was, it was, it was, it was great. It yeah, was it's truly a- great. It's been a long time. It really has, and then you could just you could just feel it in the air, and the atmosphere, leaving the game also. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were we were. I mean, I was sitting there shocked after we put up twenty eight points. I mean, we I know we saw it the previous week at Mizzou, but to come back and do it again, and and I mean, South Carolina's defense just looked they looked just shell shocked and stunned, like mm-hmm. they didn't know what was going on. That's what made it so cool and so fun because everyone was kind of like, "Really? Wow! I'm not used to this. This is a, this is unreal." I think That's, we've all gotten used to the the opposite of that. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, our previous caller mentioned it. You know that that 2020 offense kind of kind of came back and uh, started kind of feeling feelings of, of that. With the offense just could not get out of his own way, and you know, had some flashbacks. That was what Dave said. So. No, I mean, just you were up, didn't didn't want to have guys getting hurt, and at the same time, you just didn't execute. So, you know, you go back and you fix those mistakes. But, man, Tennessee, Rick, it was just so good to, 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 meet, to meet you in person and call back any time. And, man, I look forward to seeing you again uh, around, around game time. Hey, man, if I can meet you again, I'll be sure to do so, and, and I listen to you guys every morning. Appreciate That'll what work. you guys do. That'll work. That'll work. Thank you. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, Ben. Uh, we back. We back. Everything's good now. We got Kenny. Kenny, good morning. 
Just what's weird. up, fellas? What's up, man? What's up, Kitty? Man, I can't call it, bro. Hey, listen, man. When you, I, I told you, well, you met Carla. She, she's not a, a football fan, right? So when you got her saying like, "Hey, how does him get to be so good now?" I'm like, "Heck, I don't know." You know, it's, I don't know, but man, just to see that, we watched that first half, man, you know, I had the DJ later on, so I couldn't watch the whole game, but man, I I mean, the guys, it it just, the guys seem to be so happy, you know, I'm all about the kids first, you know, well, young men first, they seem to be so, you know me, definitely, they seem to be so happy, man, just to see the university that I love, that I grew up loving, man, actually, man, just, you know, make sure they take care of the boys, man. They, I mean, they, they so, man, they disciplined. I mean, just, just everything just clicking, man. And even the defense, man, being aggressive, man, it's like, wow, dude. I, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to watch this team, man, because these the expectations, I mean, true enough, we know we're not, you know, going to be nine and two or nothing. I mean, or, or, I guess 10 and two probably, but, Man, I mean, they have exceeded expectations just so much. It's just incredible, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. I am, I'm happy for the fans who go to the games, you know, of course, more than I do. I'm happy for you, Jason, man, because you always on the air, man, just making sure everybody stay together, you being in everybody, man. So I'm just happy for, for everybody, man, you know, because, hey, you know, we, you know, hey, we family, right? So it's all good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a, it's been a, uh, fun six games. You know, obviously, the pit game wasn't fun, um, but it, it was a important piece to the process and where we are right now. Um, it, it allowed the coaches to know who they can count on, who, who they can't count on, who needs to play, who doesn't need to play, and um, you know you expect that those growing pains with a first-year head coach inheriting a roster that he's trying to piece together. Uh, he didn't recruit a lot of these guys, so. It's, it's sometimes it's tough because you, you're basically going off of practice. You're going off just practice, and that's all you can go off of. And then you make the adjustments based on what guys did in the game, and this staff has done that. So, yeah, man, we understand that this next couple games are not going to be the same as the first couple games. We understand that. The competition is about to ramp up, folks. The depth of the opponents is about to be a whole lot deeper. Special teams is where it's going to show up. So we can't allow games where we're going to be underdogs. We can't allow special teams to, to, to get us beat because of that lack of depth. So I know Mike Eckler wants to clean up um, the punt safe and the punt return. What do you think right went there. wrong on that? I think that was in punt safe, man. I just thought they went to sleep. You, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know what Tennessee is taught in that situation or what the call is, but – I didn't know if Warren Burrell was supposed to continue running with that that receiver because I, I don't think Alante on, on the bottom side, uh, uh, on the opposite side of the field, I, I don't think he ran with his guy either. So it looked like that yeah. that's what he was supposed to do. It, yeah, it was, punt, it, was punt, it was punt safe. I mean, they were expecting, they were expecting that, that kick to happen. And, you know, they they were expecting to, to let the ball roll out of the end zone. And um, – Returner being able to influence the the gunners and fake like he is catching it in one direction and let the ball flow out the end zone in a different direction, but um, that's why sometimes punt safe is is unsafe. Is unsafe. You know, just go ahead and put your punt return team out there and give them the normal responsibilities, which is if you are on the gunner, man, you are jamming him up and you forcing him from getting down the football field. So that was a good learning experience. I mean, it's good that it happened. Then and not uh, in a crucial part of a football game like Florida, Kentucky, where that touchdown is the reason why you lost the game. So, you know, you're not happy that it, that it happened, but you are fortunate enough to, to learn that uh, mistake in that, in that moment. It's kind of like, you know, if Tennessee wouldn't have gave up the double pass against Pittsburgh, but they gave it up against Tennessee Tech or, you know, Missouri, and you still won, that's, that's something that you can go back and correct in a win. It stings when you give up something like that and you lose. So, yes, it's not good, but you can go and fix that. Be ready, though, if you are Tennessee, to see it again. It's like we said a couple weeks ago when Tennessee gave up the double pass against Pittsburgh. You're going to see it again. And what did we see? We saw Texas Tech, uh, excuse me, Tennessee Tech try to do it. We saw Mizzou do it. And we saw 
uh, other teams try to do it. We saw it multiple times. And in South Carolina, for some reason, thought that they would do the same thing. With a defensive lineman. That was the worst call I've ever seen. With a defensive lineman. You, you run it down Tennessee's throat all the way to the goal line, and then you bring in a defensive lineman to throw a pass? What? Man, I, I'm happy for Marcus Satterfield. He, he's right here from Tennessee. Uh, him and Coach Beamer was, was on the staff together as GA, so you know that connection is why uh, they're working together now. And Satterfield worked with Matt Rule, um, multiple stops. And so you, you, you know he knows his offense. But, oh, my gosh, that was the worst decision that I've seen in a long time. And I feel bad for Ontario Harsey because he's right there on the sideline. Uh, too, and you know, he had. I saw them high fiving guys and giving them fives on their way off the football field. Let them know that you know it'd be all right. Just stay in it. That was a terrible. That was a god awful call. They showed was, Montario after the call, and, and his reaction was was pretty funny. You, you could tell that he was he was trying not to to let his his anger of the call show because it 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 showed him, and it was just kind of a, a blank stare, like you've got to be kidding me. You don't you don't have enough room to call that. This is why we we saw those double passes at the 40 35 yard line because you have enough room. A DB can't play the run and the pass. But when you run it from the 5 yard line, <laughs> the DB could could make a play on the run and if you throw it, he can back up and intercept it. That's what Jalen McCullough did. So the fact they ran it on a 5 yard line is is why that play was doomed from the start. You didn't have any spacing. It's terrible. It was a terrible play call. But hey, good for Tennessee, man, because South Carolina was trying to respond, uh, being down multiple sto- scores, and that right there just that sucked the life out of South Carolina. And then that that started the route for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what started it. And if if South Carolina scores and instead of throwing that pick, that that. End of third quarter, early fourth quarter sure does look a whole lot different if, yeah, if Carolina has a, another touchdown on, on the board. One other thing on special teams, Tennessee's really got to clean up its, its kickoff coverage yep. because yep. Carolina was, was very close the first two or three times it, it had a return. It, it was very close to busting a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, against Tennessee for the second week in a row, and you you could tell that that Hypo or Eckler was, was sensing that because uh, after a couple of kickoffs, they had Toby Wilson kind of kick it short and, and in pooch the kick. corner, yeah, pooch, pooch kick, kick to where the 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 Carolina one of the guys on the kickoff return team who fielded it had to call for a fair catch. So up, man. Yep, they they didn't want to take any <laughs> any more risks. So that that's got to be cleaned up. Uh, the, really, the the punting has been inconsistent too. I know Paxton Brooks is is dealing, has been dealing with an injury. Uh, came in and and boomed one fifty yards, but then came back and shanked one off the side of his foot, out of bounds. Uh, Eckler was was livid with Miles Campbell after Miles Campbell decided to return his his pooch kick that was kicked to him. Uh, returned it. Like eighteen yards or so, but Eckler was was not happy with him returning that. Uh, I'm assuming that he wanted him to call a fair catch because obviously you don't want a tight end returning kickoffs. Just yeah. uh, a, a lot needs to be cleaned up on on special teams right now. The only bright spot on special teams is is Valus Jones. Yeah, and I don't know what happened and with Chase Miles McGrath. Campbell. I don't know if he was told. Uh, usually, you're told in that situation never never back up, never take a step back to 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 catch a kickoff return if you are up person. You know, never take a step back. You always go forward, but you don't take a step back because the last thing you want to do is run into the returner who was running forward because he you want to catch the ball going forward. So you don't want to go back if you're up, man. So uh, maybe he was told that. Maybe that's what happened with Miles Campbell. Or you're like, hey, man, that's not your that's not your job to to, to get that ball. You do your job. But you know, Valus Jones, man, how about how about his presence? on special teams and on offense. And we've been kind of wanting to see Valus use on offense for a year plus, dating back to last year. 
Tennessee finally did it against Vanderbilt to close out the season last year. But this staff at the beginning of the season, you know, didn't use Valus like we wanted him to be used. But, man, recently, Valus being used in a slot, man, is exactly where he needed to be. And you can just tell the impact that he's had on his offense. Um, him running, you know, those, those flat routes to uh, the sideline. I mean, getting to the sideline quick, really stretching out those flat defenders, and then when he catches it, being able to get north and south really, really fast and make plays with the ball in his hands, man. Just just watching Valus make plays is fun. All right, let's get to uh, Justin in Florida. Justin, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Justin. Oh, God. Well, it was a great, great weekend. Uh, you know, good win for, for Tennessee. Was really – upset because I wasn't able to make the game. Unfortunately, Allegiant oh, canceled my flight, and oh. there were a bunch of Tennessee fans on that flight, I can tell you, and none of them were happy. But, oh well, you know, things happen. Now I'm actually questioning about going to any more home games. We seem to play oh. better when I'm not there, so I'm it's actually going to end up selling, selling my tickets this week because I'm superstitious and want another good game. That's not it had, it had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. What's up with Allegiant, man? You gotta did you did you did you give him the business? Did you call him, give him the business, get yourself a a, a a free flight? Did you get to the airport and they canceled it or did they? Oh know, no! Oh no! We were we were all we were all at the airport. Everyone was decked out. I mean, half the flight was decked out in Tennessee gear, and uh, I didn't have to do anything. My wife read them up and down, so that was a lot of fun to watch. They deserve it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I've been I've been on the uh, receiving end of those uh, verbal beatings. Trust me, I don't know if anyone deserves that. <laughs> yeah, you, but, can't, you, uh, can't be, you can't be canceling flights to Knoxville on game day. Oh no, that's a no no. That's a for what? Yeah. Oh, trust me, it was bad. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to wanted to point out is, I mean, just each week, I, I like it seems like we have different guys contributing, which I think is awesome to see like this week you know on defense you know uh turnage steps in there has a great game um someone else that had some really good plays was uh uh blakely oh yeah he he, he i thought at, at times that played really really well um on offense uh Lenith whitehead i mean i think is stepping in doing a great job on what he's been asked to do um i, I think it's really encouraging not just now in the results but also for the future and and i kind of like seeing that uh we learned from some of our mistakes and when they they did that idiot uh play call uh you're breaking up there justin a little you bit i.e pete carroll in the super bowl against the patriots but i think you know that turned out great great for us but um you know throwing it you know hey hey, hey when justin, you're on the two or three yard try line give us a call back justin Hey Ben, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's breaking up absolutely. a little bit. Yeah, he's he's good on our end. I mean, he's good. Okay, it, maybe that's yeah, what me. It's great on our end. I just I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I I couldn't either. Swain, we got you. <laughs> that would be a no. And, and when Swain thinks uh, Justin is going in and out, <laughs> that means Swain is is dealing with technical issues. So uh, we'll take a break. Justin, thank you for the phone call. Hate that uh, your flight got canceled. But, hey, the Red Sox made up for it for you with a big win last night. That was a fun game. Kind of hate seeing the Red Sox win, but whatever. Uh, White Sox won. Took care of business for old old Swain. But, yes, uh, sir. Oh, you're back now, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. I'll be on the, I'll be on the phone call addressing some people, too, after the game. So uh, I might need to get Justin's wife on the phone. Uh, as well, to help me out and back me up. So I'll be on the phones too. Yeah, I just I don't get it. But how about we take a break anyways and regroup do it. and come back. All right, that sounds good, man. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three live here from Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Be right back. call in don't feel bad you can talk to the guys on the text box it's part of the free swain event app 
Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design At Iris Networks we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success Since 1998 we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high speed fiber internet and voice solutions That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work from anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. All right, live here at Bay Chevrolet Parkside Drive. It's time for... Around the SEC, what a weekend of college football um, inside and outside the SEC. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, but let's start inside the SEC, Ben. What you got? Oh, we start in College Station where <laughs> the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies take down number one Alabama, 41-38 to 38 on a field goal at the buzzer. Just an absolutely beautiful football game. Beautiful result. Jimbo Fisher, the first former Nick Saban assistant to knock off Saban. Bama's streak of wins over unranked teams comes to an end. Uh, it was just beautiful. A&M beat Colorado 10-7. A&M lost to Arkansas 20-10. A&M lost to Mississippi State 26-22. And then turned around and knocked off Alabama 41-38. It, it was glorious. Absolutely glorious. Thank you, Jimbo. You deserve all the raises. 
all the contract extensions, all the love. You deserve the world, quite frankly. You deserve it all. What 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 did that, what does that tell you, Ben? That game. That anything is possible. Hey, hey, all these folks who are like, but this team lost to this team, but beat this team and lost to this team, so that means this is going to happen. No, that's not the way it works in, in college football. Doesn't doesn't work that way in pro football. Any given day, you can lose if you don't take care of your business and you don't play well. And Alabama had too many busts on defense, and that's why they got beat. Calzana looked terrible in other games earlier this season. But this is why you practice. This is why you continue to work. You put the time in because your confidence will grow. You'll, you'll, you'll fix those mistakes. You'll play better together. And who knows? You'll play against a team that doesn't play their, t- their best. And that's, that was the case against Alabama. This is why college football is so great, man. And you just you just never know. You never know. You never know. But you go to work every single day. You try to go get better. And who knows? You go out there. You play your best. You catch a team not playing their best. And boom, you get a huge upset. Beating number one Alabama. Jimbo Fisher being the first former uh, Saban assistant to get the dub. And what's so great about it is Saban in the offseason, when Jimbo kind of called his shot, Saban was like, what? Beat, beat me? You talking about golf? No, nah, he's talking about the football game. He he called a shot, and he, he was right. He was right. So Jimbo Fisher, man, getting it done with the backup quarterback. And, you know, this season was on the way to, to looking real ugly for the Aggies. But huge turnaround beating number one Alabama. The only thing that stinks about it is now you've moved Georgia into the number one spot, and they look right now like the best team in college football. Uh, so that's the only negative thing about it. And But you had some shakeup. You had some shakeup there in the top ten. Um, Iowa getting the win over Penn State. That was a, that was a really, really good game. Uh, Iowa's defense is ridiculous, the way they're able to turn, turn over opponents. Um, they are really, 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 really good. So uh, just a really nice weekend, man. Texas just letting us all down. What are you doing, Texas? You're up multiple scores. Up multiple scores and you lose last play of the game on a run. On a run. So it was like 30, 40 yards. What are you doing, Texas? What are you doing? B. John Robinson is a real deal, though. They're running back. But what are you doing, Texas? Letting us all down here in Valdation. Letting us all down. Did Alabama win? No, oh, no, oh. They did not. Uh, Georgia took care of business against Auburn. 34 to 10. Again, I repeat, an awful day on Saturday in the terrible state of Alabama. Bama takes an L. Auburn takes an L. And Deontay Wilder got his blankety, blankety, blank beat. Oh, it was glorious. I was so happy going to bed on Saturday night. I wanted Tyson Fury to knock out Deontay Wilder, and boy, did he. And look, I'll tip my hat to Deontay Wilder. He came back with a with an actual game plan, and instead of just trying to, to knock somebody out with his right hand, he uh, he he was use, utilizing that jab. Looked good, but and and he had the the heart of a warrior. But uh, oh, his conditioning gave out on him real quick, and and Tyson Fury just flat out boxed him and, and beat him to death. So I enjoyed that because Deontay Wilder is from Tuscaloosa, the Birmingham area, uh, I believe, is where he resides currently. So He's a bammer. He's a bammer. Point blank, period. So I, I took a lot of joy in Deontay Wilder getting his blankety-blankety whooped. Gosh, uh, Saturday was so great. So Tennessee took care of business. And then you had Bama, Auburn, and Deontay Wilder taking L's. Oh, it was glorious. I mean, my, my pants were all the way off, like all evening, just – I mean, I was sitting on my couch, butt, booty, naked. I mean, I, cheeks were just flat on on couch. I mean, I was so excited. Uh, Ole Miss took care of Arkansas 52 to 51 in a great football game. Uh, I, I liked Sam Pittman going for two at the end of that game. I did not necessarily 
like the execution or really even the the play call limiting yourself on on the rollout um i was uh, do you do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that uh Ole miss won what would you rather them come re- into the game with a win or a loss I don't, I don't think it matters i mean okay. i think i think honestly that defense is 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 reeling right now because beginning beginning of the season they felt good about the defense. They thought they made some changes in the offseason that was going to benefit them. But right now, Ole Miss's defense looked like it did last year. And Lane, after the game, called out the defense in a huge, huge way. So I'm a little wor- – not worried, but I'm a little uh, interested in that dynamic between him and D.J. Durkin, defensive coordinator, because that defense almost lost the game for, for Ole Miss. Uh, I don't think it really matters if they, if they won or lost, but the fact that defense got exposed the way they did is good. I think if you are if you are Tennessee, um, I actually prefer in that situation when you have a quarterback like um, Jefferson, who is Cam Newton ish, to put him on a run so that way he could throw the football or run it if he needs to. But the the thing is, Ole Miss defense did a really good job of getting uh, pressure. Uh, on the outside and, and forcing him to be a, a, uncomfortable. The the downside of putting him on a run is you do cut off half of the football field. That's but what I don't like. You do, but you but you make him an, you make him into a runner. Like you give him that option of running the football too. Whereas if you just go straight drop back, you know he's not on the run. So I understand why you put him on a run, and in that short of a field, I'm okay with splitting it half half and half because the dude just had a marvelous run where he broke like four or five tackles and scored a touchdown. So the play call doesn't bother me. It was the execution that just didn't just didn't work for Arkansas, and that's why they lost the game. But, you know, hey, if you are Sam Pittman, you say, hey, I, be- I believe in my guys. That's why we went for two. And you go back to the drawing board, and you, tr- you go try to win the rest of them. Arkansas is a good football team. And Sam Pittman has it going on. So uh, that was just a classic SEC game. But Ole Miss – and Elaine Kiffin, not happy about how the end of that game uh, went. And that could be good for Tennessee. We'll, we'll see. Uh, three other scores to mention. Florida took care of Vanderbilt, 42 to nothing. Just an ugly, ugly game. Gosh, it was an ugly game. Yeah, so easy. ugly. I mean, Florida just looked uninterested in playing that game and so on and so forth. Uh, Missouri beat North Texas 48-35. to It looked terrible. Missouri looks terrible, man. They are North terrible. Texas was, hey, North Texas was putting up big plays after big plays after big plays on offense. Missouri's defense is god-awful. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to have to make some heads rolling all season. Uh, but that was embarrassing for Mizzou to let North Texas do what they did to them, even in a win. North Texas only lost by 13 and had four turnovers, threw for 305 yards, and rushed for 188. And they were a 1-3 and three football team entering the game. Yeah. Uh, the last score of note, Kentucky beat the – Crap out of LSU, forty-two to twenty-one. In my opinion, proving that Kentucky is legit. Although I thought Kentucky is legit all season, but for some reason, folks still look at the logo on the side of the helmet, not the personnel on the field. Uh, and I think it's the end of the Coach O era uh, in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I would say Kentucky has been legit all season. You know, they have they have found ways to win. Um, early in the season versus, you know, some some pretty bad teams. You know, Mizzou, seven-point win. Uh, South Carolina was in danger of losing in the fourth quarter. I thought that game against LSU, a team with talent, a team with a lot of talent, uh, they dominated. I think now um, I, give, I give Kentucky a ton of credit about how they played. I look at the Florida game, and Florida played absolutely terrible, uh, and they needed a – Block field goal. Um, I, I still had questions about their offense. But Saturday answered a lot of questions about Kentucky for me. They do have um, that culture. 
what you know, Waddell Robinson is a game changer, I think, for for Kentucky in that offense. So they have a quarterback um, that can throw it down the football field. He can run it. Uh, their defensive discipline. But Saturday was was a day where I was like, okay, Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky's Kentucky is for real. They beat Kentucky's you up in the real. trenches on each side of the ball. They have a quarterback that is already good and getting better week to week. They they may have the best running back in the SEC, if not the best. He's top two, top three. And, and Chris Rodriguez, their defense gets after you and is schemed up beautifully. And that that Kentucky football team has a mindset that old Kentucky football teams did not have. They believe that they are going to win every football game that they play in. And I, I don't I don't think that they're gonna go out there and beat Georgia this this weekend for sure. <laughs> I, th- I think Georgia will win, um, but that I I think Kentucky is. I hate it. Because I I hate Kentucky and I'm I'm, I'm sure people aren't going to like what I'm saying and and that's okay. But let's let's look at the personnel on the field and not the the logo on the side of the helmet. Th- this is no, not sure. your and I'm not talking to you at, at all. Okay. Um. Not 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 you at all. Just just others on, on Twitter who continue to say that <laughs> Kentucky isn't isn't that good and that and that they're overrated. Kentucky's a really good football team and, and Tennessee's going to have its hands full in, in a couple of weeks. Not saying that Tennessee doesn't have a chance to win because they will, but uh. Kentucky's a good football team, not not the team that we're we're used to growing up. No, that's well, that's for dang sure. That's for dang sure. And there may be still questions about about Kentucky, honestly, um, because you look at their wins, and you know you won by seven against Mizzou uh, early in the season. You squeaked by Chattanooga, UTC by five. You beat South Carolina by six, sixteen to ten. Uh, you beat Florida. Right, you know, and that was Florida's worst game of the season. You give Kentucky some credit for that, but at the same time, it wasn't like a dominant performance at all. Um, and then LSU, I mean, the wheels are falling off against, you know, at, there at LSU. But that was a more impressive win than you know probably any other win that they've had right there with Florida. So like, yes, they're undefeated, but I don't know how impressive they have been, you know, on, on offense and defense in the games that they have won. I mean, I think they have won in spite of some some poor play uh, on both sides of the football. Now, here's going to be a big test for them this week when they play when they play Georgia. Um, Kentucky right now can beat us for sure if we don't if we don't play well. But I'm not ready to crown Kentucky, um, you know, right now. But they are not your normal Kentucky football team, and I think people need to understand that and realize that. Just because it says UK on the helmet doesn't mean that they are they are Kentucky of the Tim Couch days. They'll beat you. They'll beat you if you if you don't play well. Um, but I'm not gonna sit here and 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 hype them up so far because what I've saw in in watching them play, you know, I haven't been like super nervous or scared or intimidated. But I'm telling you, man, Waddell Robinson, he a problem. <laughs> Number one on Kentucky, he is a problem. That kid is special. He is a problem. So he reminds me a lot of a Tavon Austin when Tavon was at West Virginia. Um, just he's small, he's shifty, but man, he is a warrior. He makes plays, plays his butt off, and Kentucky finds ways to get him the ball. It's like Tennessee finding that hey, man, Vilas Jones is is a good player. Let's find ways to get him the ball. Like Vilas was always a weapon, but he wasn't he wasn't used, so it didn't really matter. Well. Robertson is a weapon for Kentucky, and they're using him. They're targeting him, which makes him even more dangerous. So Liam Cohen, the, yeah, he's doing a good job. Yeah, he he has been a, a major upgrade. Yep. After they moved on from, uh, oh, what's his name, Eddie Grand, he, yep. he he has been a, a major upgrade. We we talked about him a little bit in the preseason. Kentucky went out and, and got him from the Rams. I believe he was the quarterbacks coach with the Rams, uh, and. Mark Stoops made a, a great hire there, and it's it's been it's been paying off. But that'll be a fun game. I'm excited to see Tennessee and, and Kentucky here in uh, three weeks. This this upcoming <laughs> four game stretch for for Tennessee is something. You, you get Ole Miss this weekend at home. You know Lane's going to want to put the smack down on on Tennessee. But Ole Miss 13th in the country, four and one. Next Saturday you go to Alabama, fifth ranked team in the country. They're five and one. Have a bye week sandwiched in between uh, the the two games uh, against Ole Miss and, and Bama, and then Kentucky and Georgia. But you're at Kentucky, the 11th ranked team in the country, at six and zero, and then 
then you host the number one team in the country in in Georgia, who is also six and zero. We we are staring at some uh, you know some tough games. The next four games all against ranked opponents, and two of those games will be against top top ten uh, opponents uh, when we play them. You know, Kentucky probably won't be in the top ten. We play them, uh, even if they if they win, they will be, and Georgia will still be in the top ten. But you know, I don't see that happening. But Tennessee's going to play, you know, four ranked opponents. Simple as that. And I'll take one and three right now. I'll take a one and three record in those in those four games, and that puts Tennessee, I think, at seven and five for the season because you beat South Alabama, you beat Vanderbilt, and if Tennessee can somehow, some way, find. Uh, you know, uh, uh, opening to win two out of these four games, you know, winning uh, Kentucky, winning Ole Miss, man, give Josh Heupel coach of the year. Simple as that, because that that's lines up to be eight and four, and that's even with the loss at Pittsburgh, that would be remarkable. But realistically, I'll take a I'll take a one and three in these next four games, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about at the beginning of the season this being a six win. Uh, Seven-win football team, and they're on track. Drop Pittsburgh and have all the depth issues, and to to achieve that, I, I would I would call that a big success. But a lot of football to be played. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. Let's get to Jay. Jay, good morning. Well, Swain, uh, I'm I'm kind of with you, man. I think Kentucky's terrible. That, that's all I heard from you is that you think Kentucky's terrible as well. I don't know about terrible. I just. I just don't see how y'all watch these Kentucky games and think they're a bad football right. team. I ain't gonna say terrible. Let's 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 go through their schedule right quick. All right, they beat they LSU and Florida. <laughs> like, is there not beat, something to be said for that? They beat Louisiana Monroe. They beat Missouri, thirty-five to twenty-eight. They beat Chattanooga, twenty-eight to twenty-three. That's the FCS team, mind you. Those Monroe. They beat South Carolina, sixteen to ten. Yeah, they beat Florida. I, I said it before. I don't think Florida's that great of a team. I know we didn't beat them. Still a good team, I don't team, know though. what it is about us when we play them. They they did not slow us down when we played Florida. Oh, they we did. We slowed ourselves down with penalties, just dropping balls. I mean, it wasn't like Florida was just putting us on lockdown and we couldn't do anything. I agree. We played we had, better. I mean, we Florida had, played better against us. And that, and that LSU team is terrible, guys. I mean, come on, man. It, ben, you say... We're not. We're looking at the logo on the helmet with Kentucky. I think you're looking at the logo on the helmet with LSU. That's not a good football team. It's it's not a good overall football team, but it's still an impressive win. Max Johnson, the real deal. Keyshawn Boutte and those receivers, the real deal. And to hold them to whatever it was, like 21 points or, or whatever, is it, there's something to be said for that. And LSU's problem is just not coming together as a team. They don't have a lack of talent problem. So I'm sorry, like for for Kentucky to dominate a talented football team, like I'm going to give them credit for that. And they're they're on the verge of winning 10 games in a season. And they have wins over LSU and and Florida. And Florida, I agree with you, Florida's overrated, but they're still a a solid to, to good football team. Like there's something to be said for them beating Florida. I mean, we're quick to... To, to hype up Josh Heupel for wins over Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, Missouri, and South Carolina, yet we want to poo-poo on Kentucky for, for their non-conference wins and beating LSU and and Florida when LSU and Florida are better than Missouri and South Carolina. So I, I just but then I, how, I don't how get do you, it. How do, you, how do you reconcile them barely beating uh, an FCS program in Chattanooga uh, that was a, barely beating Missouri and South Carolina, which Tennessee blew the doors off of. Those were awful performances from Kentucky. They were. Kentucky looked awful those those two days. But I'm willing to overlook it because they got the win and they turned around and took care of business against Florida and LSU, and they're on their way to a 10-win season. So forgive me for, for willing to, to overlook them Kentucky not being interested playing. in playing UTC. No, I speak <laughs> facts. Facts over feelings. Ben's a Kentucky fan. Yeah, this is this is what I was told in eighteen when when they went on to win ten <laughs> games. This is what I was told last year when they went on to have a successful season. But I, th- I, I think what I think what Kentucky is doing, Stoops has not had any turnovers. Kentucky was mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the country in the transfer portal. They brought in some really good players, starters from other programs, and they just haven't wowed me. I mean, they haven't. 
like intimidated me or scared me. They've actually played down to competition. They haven't played all that hot. Now, yes, they did beat LSU, and LSU has probably more talent. But you know, you mentioned that Ben, uh, the chemistry is not there, man. The coach is being talked about getting fired. Uh, they've had turnover with their assistant coaches for the last couple of years. Um, Kentucky is winning at the at the end of the day. That's what it's about. But they're not playing like awesome football to me. They just they just really not. Uh, but they are better than the Kentucky that we're used to seeing. And I think we can kind of get in the middle. They're not terrible, but they're not unbeatable. They can they can be beat um, by Mississippi State. They can be beat by Tennessee. Um, they can be obviously beat by Georgia. Um, you know, those are the last couple games on their schedule. I don't know about Louisville. I doubt that that happens for Louisville. But, like, Kentucky can lose multiple games before the rest of the season is over inside of the conference. Um, they are – they are good, but they ain't – they not, like, scary to me because, again, all this, all these transfers, they've had no turnover, and I thought they would be a little bit better than, than they were in the games that I saw them play. But they're not terrible either, Jay. They're not terrible. No, 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 I don't think they're terrible. No, I, I, that's, no I'm, I'm just kind of uh, being over the top saying they're terrible. But I, I don't think they're – a top ten football program, six and zero. Everybody's that kind of level. I just don't see that from them. I, I don't. Do you? Uh, I, I think they're. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. I think that Mississippi State at Mississippi State game tricky. That, Kentucky does this a lot. They start out, or they've done this a lot under Stoops. You know, they start out hot, five and zero, six and zero, whatever, and then they get to that second half of the season and they just crumble. And. You know they could lose that Mississippi State game. I think they're going. I think we. I think we're going to beat them. I, I. I think Kentucky for us is like Florida for us. I think we just beat Kentucky. It's just what we do. Wow. And and sometimes maybe Kentucky might deserve to win, but we still beat them. It's just like that's one of those games. So I think these next three games are going to define their season and I think it's going to start with a loss I think they're losing this Saturday and uh well yeah you know and, and if they win then I'll, I'll eat my crow because Jay do you think they're they're nothing. a good football team I think they're a good football team Ben that's all that's all I'm pointing out that that's all that's all I'm pointing out I, I know my thought on Kentucky is going to get twisted down the road so to clarify that's all I'm saying I think Kentucky is a good football team. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. I don't think they're a great football team. I don't think they're going to make it to Atlanta. I don't think they're going to make the college football playoffs. I don't think they're going to remain undefeated. All I'm saying to the people on social media and, and on the text box who, who don't think they're good, all I'm saying is that they are a good football team. Nothing more than that. Yeah. Well, Ben, let, let I me agree. just ask you this. Right now, what would you, who would you take? Tennessee or Kentucky? At Kentucky, who would you take to win? Kentucky. By how many? Uh, within a score. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, guys. Hey, I'll uh, y'all hang in there. I enjoyed the debate. Take it easy, my friend. Thanks for calling, Jay. Uh, we got John in Kentucky, and then Todd. John, good morning. Good morning. What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? I had to chime in on the Kentucky conversation. I uh, I ain't called in in like I don't know a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe longer. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I told you guys before, I live here in Kentucky. I'm a huge Tennessee fan. My wife's a Kentucky fan. We're a house divided. She's a season ticket holder, so I go to every one of those crap blue games. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> so I, I know both teams intricately, obviously. And um, so as far as what's been said in the assessment, I, I totally agree with what Jason's saying. I know there's bleated lines here and, and things that we all can agree on. They are a good team. They're a program that is healthy is what they are. They have a mm-hmm. great coach. They're a healthy mm-hmm. program. Their kids believe, and they're tough, and they fight. That's what makes them hard to beat. They've got, they got good players at certain positions, but they're not, they don't have better players than we do. They don't. Uh, their program's healthier than ours is. Um, and as far as their personnel goes, I mean, watching them get – first of all, they were – like one to three plays away from losing to Missouri at home. Um, you know, and I know it's any given Saturday, uh, but, you know, they should have lost the South Carolina game. 
Um, you know, they fooled around and couldn't get ready and prepare for Chattanooga and, and let them play into the fourth quarter with them, you know. And when I, when I was there watching the Florida game, <clears throat> I told my wife, I was like, there's something, and I don't know if y'all noticed this, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I missed something early. I was like, there's something wrong. Like, something's going on at Florida. Something's not right with their players, with their coach. There's some, something is not right uh, outside of just not having good quarterback play. I don't think that um, that Copeland or the other kid, uh, number four, the other wideout, I don't even think they stepped on the field to the second quarter of the game, and uh, that's their starting crew. Um, so I, I, I don't. They're just there's something going on there, and I could tell. That, and that was the ugliest game I've seen all year. It was ugly to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So and as Jason, you're correct. Uh, Wondell is a heck of an athlete, a great football player. He's tough. He's small, but he's shifty. He's tough. And here's the kicker, though. They have to manufacture ways to get him the ball because he's. I've watched him play against conference opponents. He cannot get open on the edge and sing in man-to-man coverage. He's too small. I, I, he just can't physically get open. So they get him open in the slot. They get him open manufacturing in other ways and against the zone. But I, I think he's defendable. That don't mean he's not going to hit you for a play, you know, a big play in a game. But I think he's defendable. And outside of that, I'm going to tell you, they don't have many guys to go to with the ball. Um, and I think that's why their offense is not, you know, not clicking on all cylinders. And as far as Rodriguez goes, you know, Ben made the comment that, that like a lot of the other folks in our conference do, that he may be the best back in the SEC. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. The guy, the guy is a great running back. He runs hard. Uh, he runs straight up and down. He's hard to tackle because I guess you know guys are hitting him too high. I don't know, but uh, you know I, I think he's a good running back. I just don't think he's great. He's slow, and when the guy goes to the NFL Combine, I think everybody's going to see that. He's not as great or the greatest running back in the conference that everybody thought he was. Well, I, I agree with you there. I think his speed's going to hurt him when when he gets to the NFL and is trying to make an NFL team. But that that's not what my opinion is based on. It's it's based on what he's doing in in the SEC. And I I would probably now that I think about it, I'd take Brian Robinson before I take Chris Rodriguez. But Chris Rodriguez would would probably be number two off the top of my head. Uh, I'll take the, Auburn running back. Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. Tank, 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 Tank Bigsby's been benched by a true freshman the last two weeks because he hasn't been playing Tank, well. Tank's, Tank's better than Chris Rodriguez. He has more talent, more potential, but right now Chris Rodriguez is a better back. Again, Tank Bigsby the last couple of weeks has been benched by a true freshman in the fourth quarter, Jarquez Hunter. So That's true. You're right. I, I'll, I'll take right now, today, I'll take Chris Rodriguez over Tank. And there, there's not a – I mean – I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head other than Brian Robinson at Alabama that I'd take over Chris Rodriguez today. Uh, the Georgia running backs? Yeah. Georgia's got two guys that are real. Mackenzie Milton and, and – and, uh, Zamir White. Zamir White. Both of those guys are ballers. Yeah, but I – mean, Chris- Florida running backs. They got some down there. I, mean, Chris, I think Rodriguez is solid. I think he's solid back. I yeah, solid. I, I would agree with that assessment. And, and yeah. I'll, 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 I'll hurry up and get this out and let you all – Get, get past this because I know people are probably tired of hearing about Kentucky. Um, but uh, as far as uh, as far as the game when we play them, I mean, I, I don't want to look ahead, but I'm not a player, so I can look ahead on the schedule. So I, I, I think they're not they don't have better players than we do. I think we should win that game, even though it's on the road here in Lexington. I, I don't. I think if we can stop their running game, they're, like they're they'll they'll struggle to score on our defense. If we stop their running game, I don't think that's an easy task. But I think we got the personnel, and we play well against the run. I think we can do that. And um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that they can slow us down. I mean, um, you know, I guess that's a relative statement, but I don't know that they can slow us down. So uh, it'll be interesting. And uh, I appreciate you guys taking my call, and uh, look forward to hearing the conversations about uh, Ole Miss this week. Hey, so, thank you, John. I really appreciate it. I Man, I'm just not comfortable saying, you know. We got better players because I mean, we we got seventy one scholarship players, and you know when you line it up against a team that that's healthy, I mean I, I think I think you you may lose because of the numbers, uh, but when you, when you have a conversation about you know which team has more talent, but that's gonna be a good game, man. Uh, that is a couple of weeks. Yes, we can look forward. We don't play the game, but uh, that's gonna be a great matchup. I think between Tennessee, Kentucky, regardless of what happens. Um, before you know the next couple of weeks, so as long as 
you know, Hooker's healthy and some of their top guys are healthy, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a clash, man, for sure. Because you know, you look at our offense and our style. You look at their offense and their style and defense and how they play. They haven't played anyone like us yet, so uh, that's going to be that's going to be that's going to be an interesting matchup. I can't wait for that game. Uh, but we do have Ole Miss and Bama in a bye week before we get there. Let's get to uh, Todd. Todd, good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Hey, Todd, man. Thank you for calling. Thank you for holding. All right. Hey, I got two points. One about Kentucky. The last time they were ranked, what, 12th, I believe, in 18? Mm-hmm. We ended up beating them then. Yeah, they're better, they're better than that team, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then my other point, my concern with Ole Miss is uh, Kiffin's offense coordinator, Levy, because mm-hmm. he hired him from Hypo at Central Florida. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, but, uh, yeah, but let, let, has Levy went up against Tim Banks? Because, you know, Hypo doesn't – you don't mess with the defense. So, yeah, I but, mean – But Levy knows may, our offense inside and out. He, yeah, he knows He knows Hypo. Yeah, he knows Hypo, worked with him before. Before, uh, no doubt about it. So how can how can Levy help DJ Durkin, a coach defensive that has been struggling mightily in the last couple of weeks? Uh, will that play a factor? But that's a good. That, hey, listen, that's a good. That's a good note for sure. That's a good note. All right, well, I appreciate it, fellas. You'll have a good one. Hey, thank you, thank you. That's a good note. Levy Hypo knows each other. Um, Hypo's had success against Kiffin uh, in the past. You know, defensively, he's left. He left the defense up to to Tim Banks. So, how familiar is Levy with with Tim Banks? Because that's who Levy will be going against. Uh, and will Levy offer any type of assistance this week to DJ Durkin? That's actually going to pay off. But that's a good. That's a good note. That is a good note. And um, you know, Lane, he's already trying to get y'all's attention. He already getting y'all attention. Sweeten it. About the jerseys. Asking if we're going to wear them this, this week. He's already trying to get that attention. Trying to make it about himself. And don't give it to him. This is about Tennessee and Ole Miss. And the storyline is going to be about Lane Kiffin coming back. Coaching for the first time as a head coach. It's going to be there. You know, the Manning brothers. One, one play to Tennessee. One play to Ole Miss. And it's about those players in between the white lines and who calls the best game, who prepares their team the best this week, who goes out and execute. That's what it's about. That is what it's about. But if I'm lame, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, listen, he's trying to get kids to go to Ole Miss. You have to be creative. You have to be catchy. You got to come up with hashtags, come to the sip. You got to talk about popcorn. You're trying to recruit kids to Ole Miss. No one has been able to do that without – breaking serious NCAA violations. It's Ole Miss. So I don't blame him for doing what he's doing. He's marketing his program. But we don't have to help him market his program. We don't have to help him. Uh, who we got next? We got anybody next? If not, yes, then. we've uh, oh, we got Todd. We've got – no, we just got the Todd. We're going to get to uh, Cam in Florida next. All right, let's get to Cam. My bad, Todd. Cam, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Um – I know we've talked a lot about Kentucky this morning, but I'm focused on this week because I feel like this this game is is an opportunity for Josh Heupel to deflate the giant hard-on that some Vols fans still have for Lane Kiffin. And I hope he wins so bad just for that reason alone. Yep, tough week for the Kiffin fans who are Tennessee fans this week, man, because they're going to have to choose. Tough week. Well, I think You're he right. set himself up to uh, – have have a good turnout for this game. It being a night game and the way we played the last couple weeks, um, I'm I'm hoping that there will be a big turnout. I wish I could come. I'm not going to be able to get up there for it, but hopefully there's a lot of people that come. Let me ask let me ask you a question. Do you think this is a signature win opportunity for Josh Heupel? I mean, I know he's beaten South Carolina, he's beaten Mizzou, but is is this a signature win if Tennessee is able to pull it off? Well, I think it's a huge momentum shift, yeah. I think it would be a marquee win. I mean, it isn't one of the big three, but, um, yeah, this could be a big thing. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a Nagaval fan, but, I, you know, when, when it was all, you know, Kiffin, Hugh, Gus, or Bust, and 
And I, I think with winning with Kiffin, I know I know uh, Hugh Freeze lost a, a game he should have won this year, and uh, Gus Malzahn is doing what Gus Malzahn always does. But um, if he if he puts it, if he wins this game, yeah, that would be huge. And like you said, I, I would take one and three for this next you know four game you know four game stretch. Uh, I'd like to win more than one, but you know, if if we win this game, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, and in my heart of hearts, I, I'll know it won't happen. But this will be the the furthest we've gotten in a season for a long time, for you know, three or four years, where we're still in contention for the SEC East. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right in the middle of October, and um, you know, Tennessee. If you beat Ole Miss. Tennessee is looking at being ranked, I think, in the top 25 this next week if you're able to beat Ole Miss. And, and, and Ben, I'll ask you, uh, and thank you so much for, for the phone call, uh, Ben, I'll ask you, is this a signature win for Josh Heupel if he's able to beat Ole Miss? Absolutely. Ole Miss is a, a bona fide top 15, top 20 team, not just a, a top 25 team. I, I think they're one of the best – 10, 15 teams in, in the country, and, and mainly because the offense pulls so much weight. That, that defense is, is not good. I think Tennessee is going to have a chance to, to, to really put up some points if it can be as efficient as it was against South Carolina and Missouri. The, the question is going to be, can, can the defense slow Matt Corral down uh, the uh, enough to where the offense can score enough points to to upset Ole Miss, but I, I think it is a a signature win because of of Ole Miss being what it is. They they have a good offensive line, they have playmakers at receiver, they have solid tight ends, they have great backs. Matt Corral, in, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the country, and they're they're the real deal. Throwing motion, man. He he does, but he I noticed that. I've been noticing that lately. I was like, that's kind of funky. Yeah, he, he can just beat you in, in so many ways. He can he can beat you with his arm. He, he can beat you with his legs. He has great chemistry with his receivers, with his coaches. Um, he's got a lot of swagger, doesn't lack confidence. Uh, he, he was turnover prone last year, and he has somehow – Unturnover prone himself, which I, I didn't think was was possible. I, I just kind of thought a, a turnover prone quarterback is is what he is. I, I didn't know that that was something that could could just completely flip. Obviously, you can get better at it, but to to completely flip it, which is what he has done, twelve touchdowns to zero interceptions on the season, has been very impressive. So I, I think Matt Corral is is playing as the best quarterback in the country and. I know Ole Miss maybe isn't the in a conference, a country, country, country. Okay, he's, he's certainly in the conversation. Um, if if not the best, I, I I don't. What what quarterback is playing better than Matt Corral right now? He he is in fuego at, at the moment. So uh, I I know it's not a, a signature win of of beating Alabama. Georgia, Florida, one one of the three big names, but this this Ole Miss offense is legit, and Tim Banks is going to have his hands full this week. Tim Banks is going to have to <laughs> put in a lot of hours this week, which I, I know he already does, but I I imagine this offense is is going to keep him up tonight because not only does it have the players, it has the the scheme and the play callers to go with it. So I, I do think it would be a, a signature win, especially because you look at Tennessee circumstances at well. Ole Miss obviously is Ole Miss, and they're really good offensively. But the expectations coming into the season, people predicting three and four wins and Missouri to beat Tennessee and South Carolina to beat Tennessee and the only SEC East program that they're ahead of is is Vanderbilt. And you've got depth issues. You, you, you dealt with all the transfers, and uh, now you get into the season, you're, you're dealing with some injuries. I, I think it would be a heck of a coaching job if if Tennessee is is able to to win this football game. It's definitely it definitely would be a signature win for for Josh Heupel. Now, you know, you mentioned this, and I would reiterate it. It wouldn't be one of those, you know, top top three wins, which is Florida, Georgia, Alabama, but it certainly would be a signature win. Bush Jones had a signature win in his first year uh, in thirteen when he beat. 
number 11, South Carolina. And Ole Miss is right now is 13th. You are underdog. I think anytime you are playing against an SEC team that's ranked in the top 20, top 15, actually, and you are underdog and you're able to win in your first year, absolutely. I'm saying that's a signature win. So uh, there's a great opportunity for Josh Heupel this weekend to create some momentum in recruiting. I know this weekend, this past weekend, was a good weekend for, for visitors. And uh, Tennessee is going to be hosting some ballers this weekend, Ben. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you'll have some surprise visitors as well. Man, look at me. Look at me. Look at you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> there's, they, there's some playmakers coming into town. This weekend mm-hmm. for this game, so Several. great I mean, opportunity. You, you, you got some momentum in recruiting. Some some five star quarterbacks, or mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say plural, but uh, singular. A five star quarterback from Cali mm-hmm. who uh, said a, a week or so ago that that he was planning on attending the Ole Miss game. Uh, trying to get in touch with him to confirm that he's still coming, but. Uh, you, you got five star quarterback coming into town supposedly, and uh, some some other really big time playmakers. Maybe a, a Walter Nolan sighting. Maybe another surprise visit or two. I I think Tennessee is uh, really really starting to see <laughs> the benefits of, of showing showing off on the field uh, on the recruiting trail. They're, they're starting to reap those benefits. That's right. That's right. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. <laughs> 